Welcome everybody to the AJ Osborne Show, where we focus on our core tenets, impact, freedom, and progress. Join me and others as we grow through education and discussion. Welcome everybody to the AJ Osborne Podcast, and I am very excited for today's guest, one that I don't think anyone needs an introduction to, but Tarek, dude, how are you? I'm so excited to have you uh, on our show here. I mean, you have been on Fip or Flip or Flop for how long now? How, how long running have, have you been doing this stuff? So I shot the home video, yes, home video of Flip or Flop in May of 2010, and season 10 just got off the air. So I started this TV journey about 12 years ago. That is crazy. Yeah. That's amazing, dude. And uh, the other day when uh, we were at dinner, you had you were you told me about so much that I didn't even know about your past. And uh, dude, I, it was really inspirational. It was awesome what you've done so far. And also, then I'm just blown away with what you're currently doing and, and where you're going out. So you know, we've got so much to talk about. Um, but why don't you get? Why don't you give people a background? on, you know, how you got into the, uh, you know, the, the real estate game, but then how the whole TV series came about and how Fix yep. Flip came all, all this and what you're doing now. It's, it's an awesome story. All right. So here's something that's, that's really important for everybody to understand. Like I, I'm a man that believes anything is possible. I'm a man that believes if someone else can do it, I can do it. And that's really the motivation I try to put into other people is get them to believe in themselves because the human brain is smarter than the computer. And we've seen what the computer has done. Right. So, you know, I graduated high school. It was year 2000. You know, I was a young kid and man, you know, I had all these wild dreams and I never thought past high school. I was one of those guys that said, you know, after high school, I'm going to go to school and I'll be taken care of. Right. That did not happen for me. You know, I got out of high school. I was going to college. I hated it. I couldn't find parking. I couldn't get into my classrooms. I had to petition. I remember at one point I was sitting on the floor and if I got lucky, I can get into the class that I didn't want to take anyways. So for me, school was really tough. And at 19 years old, I was selling kitchen knives for Cutco and half of your listeners probably have a Cutco kitchen knife sitting in their kitchen right now. And I probably sold a couple of them. So I was selling Cutco kitchen knives and I was doing pretty well, believe it or not. You know, I was making my average sale was a couple hundred bucks. And I think I was like at a 40% commission. So I, I was making enough money to live. And what happened was this was, you know, 2001. We didn't have all the technology today. So my entire business was in this notebook and I had every single lead, every order, every contact. I lost my notebook. So I learned a very valuable lesson early on and I put myself out of business. So it took me a long time to build this catalog of business. And I just wasn't motivated enough to go start over from scratch. You know, I was upset and I was at a Washington mutual bank. True story. Uh, I don't even know if Washington mutuals around anymore. It was in Cerritos, California. I was living in Norwalk at the time and I'm going to check my account balance, you know, and <laughs> It wasn't looking good, AJ. It was looking really bad. And, and man, I, ha I had what I like to call a defining moment, you know, and a defining moment is a moment in your life that changes the trajectory of your life. And 
I was so frustrated. I looked down at this machine. I said, ah, I gasped. I looked up and I said, what am I going to do? And up to the right was a crooked sign. The thing wasn't even straight. It said, wise old owl, like the bird, real estate school. (laughs) And then I had a moment. I was like, well, shit, if I could sell kitchen knives, I could probably sell houses. So I took my last couple of bucks out of the ATM. I walked over and I signed up for real estate school. And it wasn't like it is now where you're at home watching TV, doing it online. I had to sit in a Century 21 office. Everything was brown and yellow and watch real estate videos on VHS from the 80s. But I sucked it up. I did it. And here's what happened. So now I think I'm about 20 years old. I got my real estate license and I'm young. I'm hungry. I'm excited. I'm motivated. I'm energetic. You know, just like I'm today, just younger. And man, I completely struck out, dude. Like, (laughs) I remember I was so defeated and so depressed. My first six months in the business, I didn't make any money. Like, this is a half year. And man, I sold my dream truck from high school. I bought a 1985 baby blue Buick Park Avenue for real estate. I went to JCPenney, bought the black slacks, you know, with the $50 shoes and still trying to put on the white socks. Like I did the whole thing. I really tried. And, and I and I and I remember I was going to quit real estate and I talked to my dad and he was like, no, son, keep trying. My dad was always pushing me. I talked to my mom. My mom's like, you need to quit this real estate stuff. You need to go to school, get an education and get a job. And for me, like school was terrifying because I just wasn't a good student. You know, it's like, I remember like sitting there in the classroom thinking about all the other places that I could be. Right. Um, so around that same time, and I worked at a cold old banker office, which was an old medical building. It was the weirdest office. <laughs> These two ladies. So we're sitting in this little office. These two ladies next to me, they're a little older. It was an older office. They were, I can hear them chatting, you know, real estate office. Nobody really works. Most of the time they're just chatting. Right. They're talking about how stupid real estate agents are for signing up for coaching. And I was listening. I'm like, what do you mean? What is this coaching? What are they talking about? Um, And they're talking about this guy named Mike Ferry. He's a coach. He charges you all this money. And I was like, I was like, wait, wait a minute here. So for me growing up, I played every sport and I had, I, I played with my coaches and then off the field, my dad had me in private coaching every single day. Yeah. I practice every single day. And I learned early on, if you want to be the best, you practice seven days a week, not six, not five, seven yep. days a week. So then I was like, what is this coaching? Cause I didn't know you can get coaching in the business world. I was only, a tw- I was 20 years old. So I, I, I figure out where this event is. And it was at a Buena Park Sequoia club in Buena Park, Cal- in Buena Park, California, Sequoia athletic club. And I don't know any real estate people out there that are real estate agents. They're going to know who Mike Ferry is. I don't know if you know who Mike Ferry is, but man, this guy is a freaking genius. This guy convinced me I was unstoppable, unbeatable. I was going to be the most successful guy alive. I was going to be an unstoppable real estate agent. I was going to sell a hundred homes. Like he made me believe I was Superman. Okay. Like he put this confidence in me that I had never felt before because it was my first time listening to someone speak. And I hope to God one day I'm as good as him and I can change someone else's life the way he changed my life. So at the end of this event, I wrote on a yellow piece of paper. I, I literally ripped it. I remember it was all it was all ghetto, like ripped. And I wrote, hi, my name is Tarek El Musa. You don't know who I am today, but one day you will. And that was the note I wrote him. I handed it to him. I took off. And guess what? By the way, he knows who I am today. So it worked. <laughs> um, so 
So I ended up signing up for, for one-on-one coaching. And um, back then it was a thousand bucks a month. So you, you got to understand this wow. at 20 years old, a thousand bucks a month was like a hundred thousand dollars a month. Yeah, and to make matters. Then. Yeah. And to make matters worse, um, I had just broken up with my girlfriend. My parents just got divorced. I tried to move back home. My mom had to rent out my bedroom because I couldn't afford the 300 bucks a month rent. So I had nowhere to go. And I'm like, man. So I said, mom, can I stay in the garage? She's like, our garage? I'm like, yeah, our garage. She's like, yeah, I guess. So I hit the clicker. The garage door would open. I rolled a cot in the middle of this garage. I had my dirt bike in there. My jet ski was in there. You had WD-40. Like, it was a garage. So that's how broke I am. So I'm like, man, let's burn the boats. Let's go all in. I signed up on my credit card because that's the only money I had. And talk about rock bottom, living in that garage. Like there was, a, we had a mice infestation. We had cockroaches. Like it was, it was rough, but I did exactly what my coach told me times 10. If my coach told me to talk to 20 people, I talked to 200 people. So I just took my everything I learned my entire life about coaching and I implemented it into the business world. And here's what happened within about, I think it was about a 90 day period. I went from being this kid living in his mom's garage with roaches to 90 to 120 days later, I earned about 120,000 in commission selling houses in three to four month window. I moved from that garage and I ended up buying almost a million dollar house in Orange, California. And the only reason I bought that almost million dollar house is I was pulling out of the driveway, telling the client how much I loved his house. He was a young guy, Shark Tank, the whole thing. He looks over at me, AJ, and he goes, why don't you buy it? <laughs> I was too embarrassed to say I couldn't afford it. So my answer was, if I can get a loan, I'll buy the house. I got a loan. So then next thing I know, I'm broken the garage. I figured out. So here's how I made all my money. Call, cold calling expired listings. An expired listing is a house that was on the market, didn't sell. It comes up on the computer as expired. And then you can go solicit and try to take that listing. So that's how I made my money. And now I'm living in this house. I'm making good money. And I'm like thinking I'm king of the world. Like I was living in a house that I used to dream of living when I was a grown, when I was a kid, like when I was a grown up with a family, but I had accomplished it at 21. So my ego was like, this big. I thought I was Superman. And then something interesting happened. 2007 happened. So, you know, everything I thought I knew about real estate turns out I didn't know anything about real estate. Um, and back then I didn't know what to do. 2007 came around. I couldn't sell any houses. I can get all the listings I wanted. Houses weren't selling, you know, in the heyday, you'd have one home for sale, five, five selling in 2007, you'd have 30 listings on the market and maybe one in escrow, which is only one out of 30 houses selling. So in 2007, I never foreclosed, never short sold. I, I knew my income was going away and I knew I had high monthly expenses. So I literally offloaded everything I had. I sold my house, sold my Mercedes Brabus, sold my BMW, sold my, sold my Cadillac Escalade and moved from this beautiful like dream house into this tiny little apartment with a roommate. And that was like my second run at rock bottom. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, pulling my shower curtain and I never forget my first morning, pulling the shower curtain over and thinking, man, I used to have an eight person jacuzzi tub in my master bathroom. 
Now I'm pulling a shower curtain. So I was, I was pretty beat up for about a year and a half there, man. I thought like, I didn't think I was ever coming back. Um, but I never quit. I refuse to quit just no matter what it takes. I refuse to quit. So then I started learning about short sales in 2008. And then towards the end of 2009, I closed a short sale. There was a first lien, a second lien, a third lien, an HOA lien, an IRS lien. Like it was a nightmare. And at the end of this transaction, I made a check of about $7,000. I sold it to an investor. He hired someone to paint it. He hired someone to put a carpet in it. And then he sold it a week later and made like $127,000. So I was like, well, wait a minute here. I found the house. I found the buyer. I negotiated with the banks. I did all the work. Why did he make $127,000? Why did I only make $7,000? So that was the moment I realized I I I need to be a real estate investor. And well, I had no money and no contacts. So, but I knew real estate. So naturally I pitched everybody I knew. And I'm, t- I'm talking about driving through the Taco Bell drive through Hey, you want to invest in real estate with me? Like I talked to everybody. Every single person said no. Every single person told me why it wouldn't work. You're too young. The market's too risky. Uh, it's volatile business. It's a speculative business. It's a, you can't make money. I'm like every re- and every time someone told me I couldn't do it, I was like, oh my god, I can't wait to prove them wrong. I mean, it would it was just putting gasoline on my fire because I had this burning desire to be successful. And every time someone attacked my desire, I was like, I'm fighting for this even harder. And I finally found one guy who had money, who was stupid enough to partner with me. He's still my, one of my partners today, by the way, 600 houses later. Um, and he's like, yeah, go. He had money. He's like, you go find, go find the deal. We'll split the profits. I'll put up half the money. So we bought our first flip in Santa Ana, California, paid 115,000 for it. It was at the auction and I drained my savings account. I borrowed against my credit card. I sold my pride and joy Rolex watch. I traded it into the jewelry store so I can get money to buy this house. And by the way, I told the jeweler to hold it for 90 days and I'd buy it back for a thousand bucks more. He did hold it. And I do own that same watch, by the way. So I got my watch back. So I did everything wrong, man. I knew nothing about construction. I burned my feet with acid. I electrocuted myself holding a metal vanity light to live wires. I I painted all the baseboards to the flooring because the, the paint seeped through the drop cloth. I, I dragged the water heater across the laminate, scratched like everything wrong. But I was there like 16 hours a day. And, oh, but here's where the story gets interesting. So anyways, I flipped that thing and we, I mean, we did a profit of $34,000. And I remember back then I was like, man, we just made $34,000 and I had fun doing it. It wasn't miserable. And that was it. That was when I was addicted. But here's the interesting part. The same, I believe it was the same week um, I bought that first flip. There was another Mike Ferry real estate convention in Las Vegas. It was called the Superstar Retreat. So I would go to this thing every year. And that was kind of like to refill my gas tank because this guy would get me so motivated, you know? So, and I was still selling houses at the time. So I go to this superstar retreat. There's probably 5,000 agents there. A friend of mine is a vice president of a big real estate company. Two seats in the very front row opened up right next to him. And guys like me, we don't sit in the front rows. Those, those are for like the VIPs. Those were for the people making seven figures. So my friend texts me. So I was like, all right, I'll come up to the front. So me and my ex-wife, we go to the front. And the interesting thing, AJ, 
is the day before the speaker, Mike, he told us to go out to a dinner we can't afford. He said, drink a bottle of wine you can't afford. And he said to buy clothing you can't afford and live and live a night that you dream of. So the night before I bought a Xenia suit for 800 bucks, I remember thinking, man, how am I ever going to pay for this thing? But I did it. I went to, I remember I took my ex-wife, we went to, I think it was Gucci and we bought her some stuff. We went to this beautiful Italian wine. We got this expensive, like $150 bottle of wine. And it was just like living large. So like my mindset is just like on top of the world. And so now I'm in the front row of this event the next morning. And at the break, people are wondering who is this young, good looking, well-dressed couple. And so they came up to us, which I had never experienced this before. I never, never knew about networking or meeting people. I was always a guy that would just grind, grind, grind. So I ended up talking to this guy. He was a real estate agent out in Palm Springs. And I was like, well, what do you do? He's like, oh, I sell real estate. I make about 800,000 a year. I was like, 800,000. Oh my God. What do you do to do that? And then he was telling me how he had a local TV show where he would show like luxury desert listings. And I was like, Okay, well, what does that do? He's like, well, I go to the grocery store and I go places and people recognize me. I'm like, okay, well, it's cool to be recognized, but what does that do? And he goes, well, they see me, they trust me, I become credible, and then they work with me. And I was like, man, I got to get on TV. So I'm like, this guy is smart. So I think it was the, the next day or two days after. I'm just sitting on my couch. I'm sure you do the same thing, AJ, thinking, 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 what else can I do? What can I work yeah, on? How can I turn grow? it off? <laughs> I can't turn it off. It's always going, man. Like I can never turn always this going. thing off. And these weird ideas just hit me. So I'm sitting on the couch. I'll never forget. It's like 10 o'clock at night. It's about bedtime. My, my ex-wife, Christina, is there. She puts one foot up the stairs, one foot's downstairs. She looks over at me. She goes, hey, you coming to bed? And I, and I was looking at her. And I was like, you know that guy? He has that TV show. I was like, we got to get on TV. She goes, Get, get on TV for what? What, what, are, what are we going to get on TV for? And I was like, I have no idea. And then it hit me. I'm like, well, wait a minute. We just bought that first flip. I was like, well, what if we flip houses on TV? And that was the moment I realized. I'm like, I can flip houses on TV. She looks at me. She goes, you're crazy. Go to bed. She goes upstairs. I jump on Google, which knows the answer to everything. I, I legit Googled. Hollywood production companies, like that's it. And then they came up and then I hit the link and then I searched about, and then I hit something for casting. Okay. So I just literally went through the thing and I sent pictures and a bio and what I wanted to do. And then I went to bed. I woke up the next morning and one of these production companies, they, they wrote back, Hey, we like your look. Hey, we like your story. Can you send us a home, a home video? So then I borrowed a friend's camera and um, we we documented the process of that first flip and it got it done. We made a home video. It was actually a lot of fun. I still have the video. I sent it to the production company. And then from there, the production company shops it to all the different networks and nobody wanted it. Nobody bit. So I was like, well, at least I tried it. Nobody could say I didn't try. So I kind of gave up on the idea, but I never gave up on my dream of flipping houses. and. 10 months later, I'm now working on my third flip and I get a call from the production company and they're like, you're not going to believe this. HGTV wants to do a pilot with you guys. And I'm like, what? Like the TV? No way we're going to do this. Right. So I'm like, all right, let's do the pilot. So we shot the pilot in summer of 11. A lot of fun. First time on TV. First time on TV. 
And I remember them telling me the odds of a pilot getting picked up for series is very, very small. And if it does get picked up, it's going to take a long time. So we, we get the pilots delivered to the network. I think it was maybe two weeks later, I get a contract across my desk from the network to do 13 episodes in 10 months on global TV of a house flipping show. So everybody is like clapping and cheering, right? Well, I was too, but I also I wasn't for two different reasons. Are you ready, AJ? I'm ready. Reason number one, I have no money. How in the hell am I gonna flip 13 <laughs> houses in 10 months on TV? I'm, I have no money. Okay, number two, even if I had money, I don't know how to flip houses. I'm barely on my third one trying to figure it out. So, you know, and I, I had an attorney back then who's still my attorney today, uh, who's also one of my best friends in the world. And I, I never forget that I needed him to look at a contract. I was referred to him by my golf buddy and he wanted a $2,500 retainer. And I wrote back, can you do a payment plan? <laughs> and, and this guy's super successful, by the way. And he said, yeah, yeah, sure. LOL. So he did a payment plan for the 2,500. He, he's done very, we've done very well together since. So I'm, I'm so happy that, that he did that. But I asked him, I'm like, well, what is the worst thing that can happen if I sign this contract? And he goes, well, they can sue you. And I was like, looking around my apartment, my finance couch, my finance dining table. Take it. I was like, you can take it, take it. Take yes. it, take all of it. It's I all said, yours. Go for I said, it. I said, give me a pen. I'm going to sign this sucker right now. I'm signing this thing. So I signed the contract and here's what happened. And I, know, I know a lot of people heard this story about burning the boats because if you burn the boats, you can't get back on the boat to leave, right? You're all in, yep. you're committed. So now I'm all in and I'm committed. And, um, and here's how I did it. So I'd work all day and I'd, and I'd also be filming, but I had to find real estate. So I needed to find real estate that wasn't occupied because I didn't have, you know, two, three, four, five, six months to evict people. So every night around 10 p.m. till 3 or 4 a.m., I would drive by all the houses in Southern California that were going to the auction the next day. And the reason I would drive the houses was to see if any cars were in the driveway, if the grass was overgrown, if there was a bunch of mail on the porch, because I only wanted a bid on vacant houses. So then I would spend all night on the road, identify the properties that were vacant. I'd go to the auction the next day. I would bid, my max bid would be like 300,000. And then a fund would come in and offer 400,000. I was like, how in the hell am I ever gonna compete? They can pay $100,000 more to me, right? But here's what I did. I just never freaking quit. I would go back every night, drive those same stupid houses, go to the auction, lose, and then go to the auction, lose over and over. And here's what happened. Every now and then, I have no idea why, AJ, but nobody would bid. I would get lucky and I would get a house. So then I learned if you take incredibly, incredible, massive action all day long, you're going to get lucky. If you don't take action, you have a zero chance of getting lucky. So that's how I did it that first year. I got I got lucky through working my butt off 18, 20 hour days. Dude, I so there's so many things I just want to dive into immediately. First of all, I, it's I, I got to say when, uh, you know, when we first met, I was a little hesitant to be totally honest, like, you know, OK, what does famous people know about entrepreneurship or investing or anything else like that? And then, dude, after getting to know you, I was like, no, like. Derek's the real deal. 
Like he's a true entrepreneur. He understands investing and everything. And that segment right there, the, you, your story, I'm going to point out the five things that I think are the most important five things of entrepreneurs anywhere. And you hit every single one of them. And this is what I love about your story and just about hearing it. It's like, holy cow, this is, I mean, it's just so atypical for extraordinarily successful entrepreneurs and investors. The first thing is problem solving, right? It's, you don't have answers, right? A lot of people assume that you go to school, get knowledge to have answers, and then you're successful, right? That's not how it works. No. That's not how business works. That's not how investing works. There are no answers. You solve answers, and that's how you gain economic advantage is because yep. you're solving a problem. Uh, the next thing was you just never quit. So even if the answers weren't right, right, even if you don't know the answers and you're not figuring out the answer, you just don't stop. Like, it's just never stopping. And, 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 and let me say yeah. something about that. I hate to interrupt you, but no, go. what you said is very important because what I do is I try everything that way i can eliminate what doesn't work 100 so when i try something and it doesn't work I'm, I'm grateful i'm like now i don't have to worry about that anymore move on move on to the next thing and guess what one out of every five or six things is gonna work and then once it works you double down you throw gas on the fire and then you get the hockey stick i i, I was having this conversation with uh um, a friend of mine who's outrageously successful, hundreds of millions, multiple companies, one's gone uh, uh, public. And we talked a lot about this. And this was the third thing that you mentioned, uh, first of all, is now we, we get trying everything. Like you, dude, the amount of things that I did and failed at, like I could stack this entire room up with, right? I have five that worked really well and I dove all in on those five, but all the other things helped me actually find the five. And it's hard to correlate that, but it's like, okay, I know this isn't the way. Why isn't the way? I'll understand, then move on and you can recognize and get better. But the second thing though, that we talked about is you're trying things, right? But you you do things where it's like, it's hard to explain, but I, I think of it like demand first and meaning you almost create your own demand. So a lot of people think, oh, I build a business and then I go out to market and see if there's demand for a prop, uh, product. Every time I read that in a business book or hear somebody, hearing, I want to vomit. I'm like, that is not how entrepreneurship works. You don't build a business. And then if there's no demand, you fail. There's demand and you build the business around that demand. Yes, you find the opportunity and yes. then you build a business based on that opportunity. 100%. And you talked about that and how you're like, okay, um, great, I got a TV show. Nobody would do that though if they didn't have anything to put on the TV show. You're like, I found it. Now I got to actually supply the TV show with the demand that they want. So now yeah. I got to go figure that out, right? And yeah. it's this cascading of, all right, I'm solving problems. I'm not quitting. There's an opportunity. I'm going to take it. But now I have to figure out how to fill that opportunity. Once again, not ever knowing how to do these things. Um, and which then it turns into uh, my last couple, one of the five um, you mentioned, uh, burn the boats, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're going all in, we're moving forward. And I think one of the reasons that that's so important is because of the first things we talked about, you're going all in, but you don't have an answer. And that's really mentally hard for a lot of people to do. Yeah. And there, and there was, so talking about burning the boats, there's one part of the story I left out. So I, I and this is really important. So 
when I first got into real estate, I was still going to college. Okay. So I'd work real estate at, during the day and then I'd, I'd take night classes. I was at Cal State Fullerton. And remember, I was super broke. And then within like three months, I ended up making like overnight a whole bunch of money because I was just cold calling, getting these deals. And then they were selling. I was like, oh my God, it's working. Yeah. So I, was, I was taking a class called the Geological Science of Rocks in Canada or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll never forget. It was 7 to 10 p.m. I couldn't find parking. It was in this big stadium classroom. And I'm sitting in the back of this class learning about rocks. And my mind is like spinning real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate. And I had another defining moment. I said, man, are you going to do are you going to do this school thing or, or are you going all in with real estate? Because in the last couple of weeks, you're making more money than you ever thought you would. And I made the decision that night in that classroom that I was going to real estate and I was never looking back. So here's what I did burn the boats. I left my backpack. I left my calculator. I left my pens, my every single thing I had for education. I left it in that classroom and I walked out. And the reason I did that is because there was no backup plan. There was no going back. Yep. Right. I'm not going to go back and buy all those books. I'm not going back to buy that calculator. So I just went all in. And that, but that way you mentioned like, like we did the same when it was self-storage. It was like, we're selling our other businesses. I'm selling the broken. It's gone. now. I don't own it. There is no fallback. We're doing this yep. and it has to work. If not, we're starting from scratch. Yep. And it's that change in that focus helps you truly solve problems. Um, but it also forces you to not quit. Now <laughs> there's one thing though, that I think is, is, uh, and obviously the last of the five points is you just work your brains out. That is universal amongst successful entrepreneurs. They're so hardworking to find opportunity to get it done. And they're going to do whatever it takes. It and, just doesn't matter. They're and you know what? You know what the truth is, AJ? And I hate even saying this. People don't understand what it takes. No, not, they, they don't. They really don't. No, no. They, they literally have no idea. Because when I remember when I was in my 20s and I was on the road to like my entrepreneur journey. I was, I'm not kidding you. I was working 12, 14 hours a day, making six, 700 phone calls, knocking on hundreds of doors in 110 degree heat. And I remember watching everyone around me that said they were doing the same thing. They were doing one hundredth of what I was doing. So people don't realize however difficult they think it is, they're going to have to put even more work. So, cause and, and the problem is people never get to see it. They don't, they don't see it. Like I spent a decade locked into an office trying to figure it out. That's how long it took me a decade. And then once I figured it out, you know, I'm I'm building, building, building. Dude, you know, and we talked previously about how I became kind of paralyzed out of the blue and everything. They believe though, that part of the reason was, was because I had worked my body to a point where my body couldn't take care of itself in the proper way. I I was building two companies at the same time. I had four kids. I was traveling nonstop. And it was just, I'm doing whatever it takes. It literally got to a point where like my body shut down. That's that's obviously a little extreme or whatnot, but that's the mode. That's entrepreneur's mode. I'm doing till I die. This is going to work. It's not that I love it, but listen, I'm a two-time cancer survivor. The doctors have no idea why or how I had two different cancers at the same time. If you were to ask me, I overworked my body. I didn't yep. sleep. I was 100%. super stressed. I was starting a family. I was building businesses. I was filming a TV show. 
and, and it took a major toll on me. Yep. And, 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 and that's that's the hell we put ourselves through to get to yep. where we are today as successful entrepreneurs. And and that's what you know, I don't want other people to do that. But yeah. Yeah. that that's what it it's took. The realization of, hey, listen, I like I, I think we're very spoiled in uh, uh, the United States on expectations of what it's going to take and, you know, what we have to do. And I think you also brought a really good point up that you know, when you were at the bottom, and I think that this helps a lot of people burn the boats. When you were at the bottom and you're pulling the curtain, you're like, I've done, like everything's gone. And you mentioned something that it just, dude, so much of your story hit me because I'm like, I understand this so fundamentally. When you're like, it took a year and a half for me to come back. Um, you know, I had I had bought a brokerage firm. We did insurance, when I, and it, it, it had failed miserably. We, it was like, we had been kind of frauded and it was like over. I'm like, we're going bankrupt. We're okay. losing everything. We're losing our insurance firm. I destroyed me. I destroyed my family. I destroyed like, and I, I remember sitting there one day, just looking in the mirror and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm having a panic attack because I just, everything was gone. And yeah. I thought it was over. Luckily it wasn't. And we made it through, but at the time it, it was done. And it was too, it was embarrassing right? It was embarrassing. I went from here yep. to clear down here and everybody knows it. Everybody knows how epically I failed. And all of a sudden then it's like everybody that said I couldn't do it was right. Oh, Maybe I am too stupid. Maybe, you know, why it is me. And then it was like, dude, it, it took me same thing. A year and a half for me to really come back. I gained like 30 pounds. Yep. I like, it was, I was depressed. I yep. was, you know, it was horrific on my mental state and everything like that. But then all of a sudden, dude, I'm like, all right, okay, that's over. I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping. But it, it allows you to come back from, it's like, I don't care now. I can fail. You got nothing to lose, yeah. buddy. Nothing to lose. You got nothing to lose. Okay. Whatever. I, I, I love that story. Okay. So I, like I said, like, I, I believe anything's possible. There's only one time in my life, one time in my life where I questioned myself. It was in 2007. I went four months without a paycheck. I literally left work at like three in the afternoon, which I never did. I never saw daylight. Yeah. And I remember coming home, sitting on the patio of my apartment, drinking a Corona. And I remember thinking, maybe you're just not meant to have all these things you want. Maybe you're just not good enough. Yes. Maybe you're not as good as you think you are. So the only time in my life and then I realized a lot of people out there, this is the stuff they're telling themselves. Yeah. And that is the dream crusher. The most oh, valuable yeah. thing that we have is our mindset because yeah. this controls everything yeah. we do. And I, and I bring that up because man, that one day scared the crap out of me. And it scared me because I doubted myself. And I, and, I, and I don't remember the last time I've had a day like that, but yeah, man, they're out there. But it yeah. was... I mean, dude, I didn't have that even like, I'm sure you didn't have that. Like when you had cancer, things like that, even my hell, I didn't, it was like, nope, I'm going to come back. I'm going to walk in, I'm going to do stuff. And so it's like the, the, the amount that it takes when you're in that position to all of a sudden doubt everything you are and who you are and everything, right. That's a big toll. And you come back from it though. And you, you know, you, you keep going. And I think that's so intrinsic though, to this process 
to the process of not only entrepreneurship, but I, I think in life in general, I think those things are supposed to happen to us. We're supposed to have events in our life that are horrifically crushing. Like that's because that's life. So most of the things that we all consider would be the worst possible imaginable thing a hundred years ago was just people's normal lives. Yeah. Like it was just day-to-day stuff. Yeah. And, and, and listen, dude, like I'm like you, I've learned my most valuable lessons through my hardest times, through my divorce, through my cancers, yes. through the real estate market crash. Like that's where I learned my most valuable lessons. And once you learn those lessons, you got them and you take them with you forever. And yeah, time is a beautiful and time is a beautiful thing. And like, you know, going into season two of Flip or Flop, I got diagnosed with two different cancers. I remember the network calling and be like, hey, we understand show's over. And I'm like, bullshit, the show's over. We're filming this thing. Yeah. I literally filmed as I was being rolled into my surgery. Like, I never quit. And if you watch early seasons of my show, season one, I'm fit, 190 pounds. Season two, I'm 240 pounds. My clothing doesn't even fit anymore. I was sick with the two cancers. And then after I got through my cancers, by the way, the year I got my two cancers, I quadrupled the size of my house flipping business. And then after I got through my cancers, I had a back injury where it took me out for a year and a half. I went from 240 pounds to 167 pounds, taking Vicodin like Tic Tacs because I was in so much pain. Like, dude, talk about rock bottom. I was sick for years. I was high as a kite on these pills. I was miserable. I was depressed. You know, and for years, and then my my wife left. Like, dude, I, I was I was talk about rock bottom. So for four or five years, two cancers, back surgery, wife left me, man, and I literally now that was the worst rock bottom of my life. And I just it took me a long time to feel good again. A couple of years, I was really devastated, but I never quit on my dreams, and I worked my butt off on myself every day. Like I worked on me every day. I had never taken care of me before. It was always taking care of the people I love. It was always taking care of my goals. It was always, always taking care of my dreams, but it was never taking care of me. Yes. So for the first time in my life, I'm taking care of me since I met my wife, Heather. Yes. For the first time in my life, I'm taking care of me. I make nutrition a priority. I make happiness a priority. I make going to the gym a priority. Yeah. And it's amazing how much better I feel. You know, it's so funny because, you know, Heather's just awesome. And my wife this morning reached out to my assistant and said, hey, he's going to cryotherapy. You cancel any meetings that he's got. He's got to go to cryo. He needs to go stretch out because he's got to take care of himself, spend time or whatnot. And so she's moving meetings around and canceling them without even asking me and inserting things into it, you know, because uh, lots of times, you know, for I think particularly guys like you and me, we have to, it has to be a, a, like, we force ourselves. You got to say, yeah. nope, this is just non-negotiable because if not, we're just going to work. We're just going to do okay. our, our our thing. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's like, no, you got to take care of yourself to be able to perform and to be able to be there for the people that you love and want to take care of them. Uh, dude, no, your story is absolutely amazing. Now tell everybody what you're doing now and where you're going, because that, that I was also blown away with, like how much you and Heather got going on, what you're doing. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I'll go over a few things right now. So, um, you know, still still filming Flipping 101 on HGTV. So I'm filming season three right now. Also working with the network on developing some new shows. I'm still flipping houses in SoCal. We're buying about 20 to 30 houses a month. So and also we're buying all over the country, buying a lot of houses in Oklahoma, Atlanta, different areas. 
So target buys houses is going well. And I told you when I was first in real estate, struck out for six months, then I found a coach. That coach changed my life. And back then when I was a 21-year-old kid, I always said, one day, one day I'm going to give back and I'm going to return the favor that this coach gave me, right? Yeah. So today I have an online real estate school called Homeschooled by Tarek El Musa, where we teach people how to flip houses and we teach people how to buy rental properties. So super passionate about that one because I feel like real estate's a gift and guys like us, we need to share that gift. Like we have to, it's, it's our obligation. Like we have to. Yes. Um, and then, as you know, I have my company TEM Capital, which is probably my favorite thing I'm working on right now. And obviously we're, we've been talking about doing some business together, but TEM yep. Capital is bringing my fans, my followers, my friends, anyone out there in the world that wants to partner with me in real estate, so we get together, we get capital together, and then we partner with different operators. Like right now, TEM Capital is looking to partner with your company and some self-storage. We're really excited about that. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, we're looking at multifamily apartment buildings. So anyone out there looking to invest, TEM Capital is the one. And let me think, what else? I mean, I'm building a real estate uh, technology platform right now. So that'll probably be coming out next year. Um, yeah, that that's about it. I'm just looking to grow, grow, grow. And you got more shows coming out too. Yeah, right. we're working on more shows coming yeah. out, and you know, just keeping busy. You know, between my wife and I, I think we had we have two networks, one two streaming networks, one cable network, three shows, and more to come. So we're always just working. And you know, if anything, that's the last thing of entrepreneurship that I I want to mention. Financial freedom and financial success for, I think, true entrepreneurs means they do more, not less. It's just more of what they want to do. And it's more of those passions. And I think, you know, you really see that in people like, you know, I got a lot of people that are like, I don't understand how you're so busy, AJ, like how you're doing so many things. And I'm like, I'm doing so many things because I can't. And it's because I have the ability to and, uh, you know, successful entrepreneurs learn how to not only multitask, but to leverage opportunities and to uh, share with others and to participate. And you're doing yeah. that right now to, well, to the yeah, no, yeah, no. Awesome. And, that, and like, so that's why I'm excited about TEM Capital, you know, because like we, like I'm all about just having fun. Right. So we want to do fun investor events. We want to do a, a, a race day at the racetrack. You got to come to that one. Oh, dude, I'm uh, we want to do dinners. We want to do masterminds and just keep yes. sharing the gift of real estate. And that's all it is. hundred percent. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, obviously, where can people get a hold of you? Where should we direct them? You have your Instagram. Um, we'll put links in the show notes. Where else? Uh, yeah, my my Instagram is at the real Tarek El Musa. I put the real because someone stole my name, uh, so that that's where you can find me there, or you can find me at tarekbuyshouses.com or temcapital.co, and that's awesome. it. Hey, that was right a lot on. of fun, AJ. This was great, man. Hey, I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, dude. All right, buddy. Good seeing you.